Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Nobody does Radio Row like NBC Sports Radio. Exclusive broadcast continues with more live coverage from Super Bowl 54 in Miami. Can't beat that. Now, here's Florio. We are still here in Miami. It's Tuesday of Super Bowl week. Five days away from Super Bowl 54, the 49ers and the Chiefs getting together at Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday. Pro Football Talk Live, NBC Sports Radio, NBCSN. Hello to our good friends in the UK and in Ireland enjoying the program on Sky Sports. Chris Sims, Peter King, Mike Florio for the next two hours. Guys, good morning. How are you? What's we're up? We're all wearing black today. We are. What's up? We're looking good. How you we're doing? Mib. Looking good. We're Mib. Mike, did you notice that when you say hello to our friends in Ireland, do you notice that you get that little Irish lilt in your voice? I, I did not notice that. I did not notice <laughs> that. I, I, it's, it's, it's completely unconscious. But, you know, we, we started off on a trial run over there a year ago. Yeah. And it was just supposed Do to be a Do they love the thing. show? They apparently Apparently. Do. I, we hear from yeah. them all the time. They yes. email all the time. They want us to go over there. They want wow. us to uh, venture. I'd love you should to. do a show Off in season? Dublin right at the Guinness plant. Right. I got to get a passport first. You don't, you have, don't a have a passport? What? There's an issue. What? There's yeah. an issue? Yeah. They That's something we should talk about. They need the to oh, come on. No, 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 no. Full disclosure. <laughs> no, no, no. Transparency. No. The issue The issue is I procrastinated horribly. But once I, I bet once, there's more than I that. There's more than that. Too. <laughs> once once we get the paperwork filled out, we will be going to the UK and to Ireland on the Grand PFT Tour. All right. We're here in Miami. All week long, Jerome Bettis, Hall of Fame running back, is going to join us. Uh, he's from Detroit, if you haven't heard, by the way. Um, he's going to be here in about an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, opening night last night. I, I I don't I quit going to media day a long time ago. It's just too much. It's too many yeah. people. It's too hectic. It's too crazy. But uh, Peter, your reaction to to what you witnessed there last night? I, I mean, I thought I thought the league did a nice job uh, before the Chief, The Chiefs went first. They went from seven to eight, and then the Niners went from nine to ten. But I thought the NFL did a nice job with the Kobe Bryant tribute right before yeah. the Chiefs. That was that was appropriate. I thought. Because so many guys on these two teams love Kobe Bryant. You know, the prior generation, they might have loved Michael Jordan. Sure. This generation 
loved Kobe Bryant. And I think so many of these guys were really devastated. But Kyle Shanahan last night talking about how he was devastated by it, you know, hearing about it on the 49ers playing East. So I, I thought that part of it was good. And then, you know, somebody said to me, so can you tell anything from this opening night? I mean, how did the Niners act? How did the Chiefs act? I said, come on. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a it's a time where where guys just have to sit somewhere for an hour and talk about themselves. How possibly can you get any inkling of what's going to happen in a football game by listening to George Kittle talk about himself, which he does all the time anyway? Right. You know, so I, I, I there's nothing you can tell. It was um, so I didn't have it in my hotel. I had to get it on my phone. Right. I didn't have the channel. So I, I'm, I'm streaming it on my phone. And yeah, yeah, like I'm getting heckled now. But it was um, <laughs> I, I just look at it like this. Yeah, I don't tell anything. I don't think there's any great moments to me. It's just the spectacle. And the NFL does do a great job of putting on a show. And I think for for me, the player everybody involved, to me, it's just the kickoff of the Super Bowl week, and especially for the players. That's where I get most of a kick out of it. It's just watching them come out, and to realize like, whoa, you're in the Super Bowl, we're the only game on in America on Sunday this week, and all of football, college, NFL, and it doesn't matter, and you see the guys filming themselves, and just the event itself, because it's a special time. To me, that's the thing that I think that always kind of rings true to me. It really is a spectacle, though. The winner of the night was the guy who was in the Andy Reid punt passing guard. (laughs) He was around here yesterday. With the name misspelled. R-I-E-D. I I was on the graphic from the Monday Night Football game all those years ago. Uh, But there was some football talk. There was some discussion about what is going to happen on Sunday. And among others, Richard Sherman, the 49ers cornerback, was asked about the challenge that they'll be facing with the Chiefs offense. And Sherman was told, hey, look, Mahomes isn't going to shy away from your side of the field. Are you ready? Here's what Sherman had to say. They got some of the most dynamic playmakers in this league. They got a ton of uh, speed. He got a ton of arm talent. He can get the ball wherever he wants it, when he wants it. Um, he can move around the pocket. You know, we got we to gotta find a way to, to get that uh, solved. You know, they have a great offense and, and obviously a ton of playmakers. That's why, they, that's why they're here. That's why they made it to the show. Yeah, look, they're going to have a rough time. They're going to have a rough time. I mean, Tyreek Hill is going to run circles around guys like Richard Sherman if Patrick Mahomes has enough time to to wait for those guys to get open. They're eventually going to get open. It's just, it's beat the clock as to whether or not Mahomes will have enough time when he's being chased by the front four of the 49ers to find a guy who's eventually going to be wide No question. I mean, to me, that's the key of the game right now, right? I mean, that's all we can really talk about. We don't know how that's going to unfold. Kansas City protects well. Mahomes a magician in the pocket. Whoa, he hasn't played a defensive line like this all year. I saw a few other, you know, moments with Richard Sherman. He went back to your point, Mike, a few times, which told me, like, he knows he can't cover these guys all day long. He, he kind of referenced, like, hey, we got to make sure we do a good job of corralling him in the backfield. And he made a lot of comments like that, too. I think he's saying, like, I, I can't cover this guy for seven seconds. That's just not going to happen. I think he's very realistic about that. Uh, so that is going to be one of the big things. I mean, what's the number, I ask you guys, to where you would go, Okay, Mahomes and the Chiefs are in trouble as far as sacks are concerned, right? Like, if San Francisco gets four sacks, are you going, uh uh-oh, Kansas City's in trouble? If it's, if is it less than that, or does it not matter to you guys at all? I think what it is, it's how long is it going to be for Mahomes to have in the pocket before he gets, you know, severe pressure. Right. Because, look, this is something that the most interesting single statistic Going into this game, in my opinion, is that since the start of the 18 season, when Mahomes started starting, 
He has a 120.3 quarterback rating when he throws in 2.5 seconds or less. Yeah. And that is sort of the line of demarcation. That's kind of the magic number. If you get to a quarterback in 2.5 seconds or less, you're really bothering him. And I think the reason why he's so good at it is that he's fine when he has to leave the pocket. Yeah. He makes so many plays off platform that 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 is why I think it's hard to say. I think he could get a couple of cheapy sacks early. Yeah, just to trying to buy and make a play, yeah. buy some more time. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. But I do think that the biggest thing in this game is pressure before you get to that line of demarcation. Pressure at 2.1, 2.2, so he doesn't have time to find Tyreek Hill much past Richard Sherman. And I think that's the key. Early on, you take a sack or two to understand how much time you're going to have. Exactly. You adjust. Yeah. You adjust. Okay, they're going to get to me in three seconds. I got to get rid of the football Mike, before saying, then. saying that, I think this is – so Dean Pease, uh, last week I was talking to him about this game, and, and I pointed out, I said, does that surprise you? That Andy Reid, who who was so ready with the RPOs for this game, did RPOs on the first two snaps of this game, the AFC right. Championship game, and then the rest of the 64 snaps of the game never ran an RPO. Yeah. And Dean Pease basically told me, you know, 47-year coach, he said, listen, Andy Reid is one of those guys. He can adjust a minute into a game right. and then he knows what isn't going to work right. and we're going to do something totally different. I think he'll do the exact same thing here. And that's why we're talking. If he takes a couple of cheapy sacks early, that is an education to Andy Reid. Sure. It's going to tell him we got to do something yeah. different now. Right. We'll cross out this part of my play sheet. Let's yeah. move on. I got other ways to attack a hundred percent. Here's another interesting thing, just because you brought up Dean Pease. And this is something my dad told me this week, because he was in Kansas city last week for Titans, you know, Titans chiefs game. And you know, he told me this because it was a wow factor comment. He had never heard a team say this about an opposing team quarterback. And I don't think I've ever heard a team say it either. He, Dean Pease told my father, he goes, we're not going to blitz Patrick Mahomes. And they were kind of like, well, why? And he goes, because we can't rattle him. There's, he's not, it's, it's not possible. You can't rattle Patrick Mahomes. He says, we've, we've seen him for two years in the NFL. There's not one moment anybody could find in our department that this guy gets shaken or a little confused by the moment or whatever it may be. So, I mean, to what we're saying here, first off, this is a phenomenal t- talent in Mahomes like that. Uh, he hasn't seen a D line like this. I do want to state that one more time. This is going to be a different right. animal. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just interested to see how that plays out. Yeah, is it cheapy sacks? They're not as effective. You're right. That's a that's a great way to put it. Like if a it, two yard sack right. is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, right. And and also like you're saying, he's buying time because he's just right. not sure. He just wants to be safe with the ball. That's different than oh man, like the Red Sea is parted and Bosa and Ford are coming around and hitting them at two seconds every time. If we get a lot of those sacks, then I go whoa, Kansas City's in deep trouble. How much do we think D Ford who? was with the Chiefs last year and the year before when Patrick Mahomes was just a practice guy who was wowing everyone privately. Right. And the rest of us didn't know how good he was, but D Ford was there to see it. How much does D Ford know, understand about how he moves, about how he runs? Is that helpful? Or ultimately does it not matter? Because yeah, he's great. He's great. I've seen it. There's nothing you can do about it. You go try to catch him and maybe you get lucky, but more often than not, you're not going to get lucky. I don't see how it helps, but Chris has played. He would know. Well, yeah, I don't think it's a huge deal. I do think like, 
I bet you there's a number of times where Mahomes went against D Ford in practice. D Ford got around the edge and thought, oh man, this is like, I'm, I, you know, of course he can't sack him in practice, but they touch him down or do something like that. I bet you Mahomes gives a move. I mean, he might have a feel for his first escape move. Ooh, when he leans forward, he's about to dip out the back door and, and spin out that way. I don't know. That might help him out. But there's no but predictability I, no, in what he does. No That's the problem. No, That's you, the problem. you have to learn body language. They'll, they will study body language during the week to go, yes, they're going to try to find a predictability to go, oh, if he leans this way, he's really going to make a move the other way, whatever it is. But it's going to be very hard to do that in real time. Another topic that came up last night, and uh, look, it's the topic we discussed last week. It's a topic that the Titans didn't take to heart the way they should have. When he becomes a runner, you have to go tackle him. And DeForest Buckner said, I'm getting him down. I'm getting him down. You've got to be smart about it, obviously. If it's on the sideline, you're going to try to tackle him. If he jumps out of bounds, you've got to try to get out of the way. I don't know how else to explain it. There's so many rules nowadays protecting the quarterback. I'm not sure. I'm a football player, so I'm going to hit him as legal as possible. And, you know, this was the issue that we got into last week, the gray yeah, area. Right. You can't just shut down in the gray area. Not with the Super Bowl on the line. Right. You, can't, you can't freak out like the Titans did and watch him run right by you. And between DeForest Buckner and Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw last night, the message was they have to go try to make the play. Yeah. And you can't reside in your fear that that as you lock in and move toward the guy, if he steps over the line or if he goes into his slide and there's nothing you can just stop. How many times do we say when a guy gets a flag for hitting someone late or hitting someone into a slide, what else could he have done? Yeah, right. You've yeah. committed. Yeah. There's nothing right. you can do. Right. No, no, there is nothing you can do. And that, that's why, you know, to Mike, to everything you said, I think you were spot on. It's not about hurting the player. It's just making him feel the presence of the defense. Oh, you want to, oh, face of the franchise of Kansas City, face of the NFL, you want to run around? Well, we're going to make you pay. I mean, I, I like I said yesterday, I'd be disappointed if Robert Sala wasn't preaching that to his defense. And I would expect him really to say, you know, err on hitting him early. Err, like, if you think it's close, hit him. And if we get the penalty, okay, well, so be it. But we know the line of demarcation of what we can and can't get away with. And we'll adjust as the game goes on. But that, that's the, the message I would give to my team and everybody out there. I'm not asking for Patrick Mahomes to get hurt. Are you kidding me? I don't want to see him get hurt. I want to watch him play. So, but I'm just saying, if you're a defender, you got to have that type of attitude. If you Look, don't, if you don't, you're going to be the guy on the highlight as he runs into the end zone for a touchdown. Yeah, or you're going to, yeah. You're like Tremaine Brock, Amani Hooker, sure. all those guys who look like Keystone cops last week. When they 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 were they were paralyzed by the fact that this quarterback had become a runner and they didn't know what to do. Look, the Bill Vinovich officiating crew has a different kind of task on its hands this week, and that is particularly, you know, uh, the not not necessarily the back judge, but I'm talking about the guys who were near the line of scrimmage, and their job is to know, okay, when Patrick Mahomes becomes a runner. He gives up his protections that he has as a quarterback. So when he becomes a runner, he's got to know that the 49ers are going to treat him as a runner, yeah. just like they would treat him as a running back right. in the open field. And that is something that I think, you know, the announcing crew, the, that everybody should know going into this game that, that Patrick Mahomes might get hit very hard in the open field, and he doesn't have the same protections he has in the pocket. This is the most physical explosive, fast defense he's played all year. And the 49ers, and we've talked about it all year, this this defense is 
It's made to stop a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Now, whether it can do it, I don't know. We're going to see. That's a whole different story. This guy's special. We haven't seen many people like him in the history of the NFL. But I know I'm astounded when I watch 49ers film. I sit there and just go, whoa, the team speed on defense is off the charts, and they got big guys, as you know. They are one of those all-time get-off-the-bus-looking teams Like where you just go, whoa, this is a special group here. And uh, that's where you know I, I just find the whole matchup very intriguing. Patrick Mahomes still on the front end of his career. His head coach, Andy Reid, 20 years in. What would a Super Bowl ring mean for Reid? We will discuss that when Pro Football Talk Live continues right after this. With more live Radio Row coverage from Super Bowl 54 in Miami, our NBC Sports Radio, and this is Pro Football Talk Live. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know that. I've had a lot, of, so many good experiences, and that, and uh, that's why I'm going I'm to enjoy this. And uh, you know, I've got a great team, very fortunate, and that's really all I care about. I don't care about all the other stuff. Andy Reid at opening night talking about what a Super Bowl win would mean for his legacy. He has one Super Bowl appearance before this one, narrow loss to the Patriots 16 years ago. Now he gets a chance to get that ring. First thought, what does it mean for his legacy, Peter, if he wins? I mean, all the five coaches ahead of him on the all-time wins list in the NFL have a combined 26 NFL championships. Number six is Andy Reid, and he has zero. It's the big donut hole in his career. And for him to be considered with those guys as one of the all-time greats, I think you got to win a championship. Yeah, I mean, I think from the football perspective, I kind of look at it just like like Peter just talked about. I mean, this, this, this will take him into the another stratosphere of coaching hierarchy as far as where he's viewed. I mean, I think we logically can sit here and go, oh, he's definitely one of the two or three or four best coaches we've seen in the last 20 to 30 years. But I think for, you know, Johnny at the bar, he's never going to agree with that unless the guy gets the Super Bowl win. And that's where it's going to help him out, let alone like this. And I don't know how you feel about this, Peter. You know him probably more than I do. But my experience with Andy Reid, people I know being around him. This is one of the great humans we've had in the NFL over the last 20 or 30 years, right? I mean, to me, he's one of the most normal coaches. There's no politics. There's no meanness to him. And he talks to you like a human being. Even when we have him on at the owner's meeting, he couldn't be better, right? Uh, So that's where I'm just excited for the human more than anything. And here's the thing. If he doesn't get it this year, I mean, He's got Patrick Mahomes, and right. I don't know how much longer he plans to coach. He's already been doing it 20 years as a head coach. There's no reason to think he's in any trouble in Kansas City or will be anytime soon. He can coach there as long as he wants to, the way they've been going. You feel like it's inevitable, yeah. whether it's this year, next year, the year right. after that. It feels like he's going to get a ring. The question is, is it one or two or three or maybe more? Look, I- I'll tell you this. You know, I think sometimes we in our business obsess about this, and we talk about it. Well, what would it mean to Andy Reid? And I'll just take you into a scene. So last week, I wrote about this in my column this week. I get up with him early. He picks me up at my hotel, and we drive to work. It's like we got 15 minutes in the car, and then we sit in his parking space for 20, 25 minutes. But one of the things I asked him point blank is, does it bother you 
that the impression of you out in the real world is that you can't win the big one. And he goes, you just took this drive with me. You took this ride with me. I get up in the dark. I get in my car. I drive to work in the dark. I park my car. I go into work. When I come out, it's dark again. I drive home. And I do it all again the next day. Right. That is my real world. Yeah. And my point is, I think sometimes we, this whole, uh, this whole area, Show. yeah, yeah, everything about the Super Bowl, we all think the three thousand media people there. Oh my God, can't win the big one. It's got to be dragging him down. He laughs about it, and I'm just, I'm sure deep down he says, I really want to win one of these, but I don't think he's going to let this ruin his life nor rule his life. I would agree with that. I mean, first off, he can always look to his bank account and go, man, life's not that bad. I mean, from what he, you know, what he's doing. Also, yes, I think to to what Peter's saying, you know, and Mike, this is something you know too. Coaches are cyborgs. They just are. Yeah. They're, they're, they're special that way. You know, I always say Bill Belichick, he's a born curmudgeon. That's what he is. I mean, it's it's not like an act. It's that's the way he wakes up in the morning and he's like, Okay, it's third it's Thursday, it's it's third down day, and now I gotta think of my third down checklist. And Andy Reid's waking up the same thing. Okay, I gotta go in there and design plays for my homes. And they just continue to attack, 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 attack. And I don't think he uh lets this really kind of infiltrate well, his life a whole lot. There's a pragmatic quality right. to it. We hear the cliche all the time. You can control what you can control, and that's mm-hmm. it. And he knows. Nothing he does is going to influence the crazy bounce of the ball, the bad call, the, the weather that doesn't cooperate at the worst possible time. Like, all he can do is what he can do. And he's doing it well enough to remain gainfully employed as an NFL head coach year after year. When the Eagles finally moved on, he instantly landed with the Chiefs. If the Chiefs would move on, he would instantly land somewhere else yes, if he wanted he to. Right. And, and that's your career. That's your profession. You want to reach the height of it if you can. But, right, like you said, when all else fails, pull up the spreadsheet. Yeah. Right? Hey, had a bad day. Hey, things are still going pretty well at yeah, home. Exactly right. right. Yes, I, I, I think that you know. And, and again, he's young. He's getting around young players. Exciting, exciting quarterback. I mean, he's got a lot of things to be happy about. We'll be. Ball fever continues right now on NBC Sports Radio. You're reporting live from Radio Row at Super Bowl 54 in Miami. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, back to your host, Mike Mike Florio. Oh, there they are out in the sand. Patrick Mahomes, Jimmy Garoppolo hanging out, uh, the bobbleheads. We had them on the desk here yesterday. We did, hey, you know, they got to get out. PM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned Podcast. Who knows? They got to relax. Who knows where they're going to show up? Let me tell you what. That really doesn't look like Jimmy Garoppolo. No. (laughs) That looks like Nick. The hair isn't even the right color. Come on. I agree. All right. That's not Jimmy GQ. Let's play a little what's more likely, and we'll start with this. Who's more likely to have a 40-plus yard Touchdown. Tyreek Hill of the Chiefs or Raheem Mostert of the 49ers? How do you not say Tyreek Hill? How do you, I mean, like if you went to Vegas right now and you had to get odds on that, Tyreek Hill would, I don't even know how gambling works, but Tyreek Hill would be three times as likely to have a 40 yard touchdown in this game as 
Raheem Mostert. You don't know that. You're yes, just, you do. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, how can how can you say that Tyreek Hill is not more likely than Raheem Mostert? I, because I've been watching playoff football and watching Raheem Mostert run for forty and forty-five yard runs. I'm with you. I'm also taking Tyreek Hill. I just I, wanted to. I, that's, I just wanted to challenge whoever you your makes these up makers. for Mike Florio is is out of his mind. Oh, so that just got called. Whatever. Uh, eat it. Stats. Stats. Eat eat it. It. stats. What are you crazy? Who's more likely to be thinner, Chris Sims or Peter? King. Come on. <laughs> Easy one. By the way, Stats just texted me the over-under set by Vegas for Tyreek Hill's longest catch in Super Bowl 54 is 26 and a half. Oh. That seems a little low. That What's the longest low. run over-under for Raheem Mostert? 17? We'll, we'll I mean, I think it actually is a good discussion. I mean, we haven't seen Hill go deep yet really here in recent history, but I would think between you know, the way Mahomes is playing, you know, there's a good chance you can see one, a slant route or something like that for Tyreek Hill could end up be a 40-yard uh, a touchdown. But something we were talking about yesterday. Or scrambling and bombing The possibility away. that the 49ers will back way off and force they could. the Chiefs to dink and dunk oh. and take away those huge plays, that makes it more likely Mostert's going to have a 40-yard touchdown, not Hill, if the 49ers apply that strategy. Mike, Chris. I'm glad you brought up that point because this is something – This that's what I think San Francisco will do. I, I do. Just connecting dots this way. We talked about how the Chargers have given Kansas City's offense some issues, right? I do think the Chargers game in Mexico City this year made the Chiefs reevaluate how they played on offense to where we talked about they opened up more short passing game and things like that to dissect, stop worrying about all the deep plays. Because Gus Bradley, who's from Seattle, like Robert Sala, they just play, they really play deep and far off. I would think the 49ers are going to see that on film and go, ooh, yeah, we need to incorporate some of that into our defense this week. It's basically still the Seattle scheme. It's just like they move everybody back five to 10 yards. So when Hill is flying in one way and Sammy Watkins is flying the other way, they got people back there in zones to pass them off and do things like I that. Think, I think what happens in that case yeah. is that. Uh, is that Patrick Mahomes rolls out, buys time, buys time, right. like the greatest throw of his career, his throw when he's Zadarius Smith is chasing him with the Ravens to the right sideline, and he flames he the ball. The zone. 40, exactly. Right, right. And he throws to an unopened guy who he kind of throws him open, Tyreek Hill. Sure. And so that, to me, there's going to be two or three broken plays in this game if if things are going right for Kansas City yeah. that you'll say, I don't know what else San Francisco could have done. Yeah, no, I agreed. I, that's where I'm excited to watch it. And I think you're right. I mean, that's where he's become a master, right? I mean, we've seen in the last few weeks. Him moving around, oh, everybody's covered, but then he manipulates the zone and finds a hole and then, zoom, throws a laser in between yeah. somebody. And by the way, the Vegas over-under on the longest run by 49ers running back Raheem Mostert, 17.5. I just said right. 17. 17.5. Yeah. So, <laughs> you're on fire. Peter, I am. You don't know much about gambling. I know you got a future in setting lines. I know things. Yeah. All right. What's more likely? Travis Kelsey becomes the Super Bowl MVP. He's the Chiefs tight end or 49ers tight end, George Kittle. Mm. You want me to go or are you going to leave that You off? go. I think I'm going to go Kelsey here just because Kittle's worth is a little bit more in the run game. Yeah. I think Kittle is the better tight end right now in the NFL. I think Kittle is the best tight end in the sport. But I think Kelsey you know, has the possibility of having a game where like nine catches for 140 yards and with two three touchdowns. touchdowns. But, with that, yeah. but would that overcome Patrick Mahomes? I don't that's know. the whole that's thing. The question. If, if Jason Kelsey does in the Super Bowl what he did in the second quarter uh, in, the first, in their first playoff game, in my opinion, you've, if you're the tight end, you know, you have got to have a ridiculous game, like three or four touchdowns. 
in order to get the MVP over a quarterback. I would say it's more likely to be Kittle than Kelsey. That's why I say Kittle, because I yeah. think Kittle more I likely to you. get it over Garoppolo That's a good point. than Kelsey right. would be to get it over Mahomes. You're right. I, okay, I didn't really think of that aspect of it. You're right. I just thought about the player versus player, but you're, you're, the, the, the gymnastics of the quarterback situation does change it a little bit. And Kittle is that guy who's so bombastic in a good way, yeah. the pro wrestler vibe, blocking, and, and I could see the voters giving him the benefit of the doubt over a Garoppolo right. if he has a big day right. with you know 150 yards and a touchdown or two. All right, who's more likely to force a turnover in Super Bowl 54, Chiefs safety Tyron Matthew or 49ers defensive lineman Nick Bosa? Oh, Tyron Matthew, easy. Tyron Matthew separates people from the football. I'll give it to Matthew. It's a tough one. Matthew is special that way. Uh, I'm going to go with Nick Bosa, though. I am. I mean, I just think Nick Bosa. Strip sack? Strip, strip sack, sack? Or, yeah. you know, maybe backside pursuit on a guy running down the line of scrimmage and he just hits him from behind. I, I'm going to go. But I think the strip or, sack or is jump definitely up a and, and jump up and catch a screen pass. Didn't he do that this year yeah. with the gloves? But they, they Snatch call, it with the gloves? Yeah, yeah. that's a very real possibility. It, it, you going Bosa or Tyron? Uh Probably Tyron. Yeah, Tyron he, you know, we talked so much about Troy Polamalu yesterday yeah. and the comparisons between the two and how Matthew just knows where to be. I, I feel like, number one, he, he may put a lick on somebody in the running game and pop the ball loose. Or number two, if they have to throw the ball, he's going to be the guy that potentially bedevils Jimmy Garoppolo and pops up out of nowhere like like Polamalu used to do. It's just valid. there he is, yeah. jumps up, grabs a ball. Right, and out of nowhere, goes. right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who are you more likely to dress like in Miami? Andy Reid in the Hawaiian shirt or Kyle Shanahan in all black? I thought he wore all white. Well, no, he didn't last night. All black. He was all black. Last night he was he all was black. The last night. All, yeah. way, all the way up. Yeah, with his skater hat, right? Or his trucker hat. Um, well, I, we're all in black today, so I, I don't do question. Hawaiian shirts. So, you know, I'm going with the all black kind of thing. Hey, by the way, we're going to take a slight detour, and I'm just going to tell you this. Raheem Mostert had 178 touches, <laughs> carries this year so far, including playoffs. You know how many 40-yard runs he's had? Zero. Two. Oh, well, at least he had he's had a 40 and a 41. He's not, he's not had a run longer than 40 stats is out of his mind. He is out of his mind. And, and I am going to point out that stats is an idiot. That's I mean, because he needs to be called out when he does idiotic things. I love it. More likely and to be he's fired. Not even here to defend More likely himself. to be fired stats or stats. <laughs> I'll go with stats. No, I'm going with stats on that one. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I don't do the Hawaiian shirt either. But I'll tell you what, nobody does it like Andy Reid. And I no. thought it was great that the guys covers all a lot of ground. Down. They all yeah. flew down uh, yeah. from Kansas City with the Hawaiian shirts. He, he, I will say, when I turned it on last night, Andy Reid did look like he lost just a few pounds. I, this is the first thing I thought of. I don't know why, but does he not look a hair thinner to you right there? He does. Maybe yeah. I don't. Maybe he's been wearing more clothes. I don't know that. But <laughs> he's been wearing I just more thought, clothes. I thought the neck looked a little tighter and things looked a little tighter. I don't know. You know, he must have not had a, a hamburger ever since that AFC championship all, game. All I know, all I know, is that the first time we were at the league meetings doing interviews, six. six seven years ago, Andy Reid shows up in this Tommy Bahama floral thing. I mean, and it was so realistic. Bees were trying to pollinate it. I mean, the guy's just <laughs> incredible. And he's got a whole closet full of them. So part of the character and charm that is Andy Reid. All right, let's take a quick break. When we return, the Chargers are not in the Super Bowl, and they haven't been for a very long time. What does the future hold for their current, for now, quarterback, Philip Rivers? We'll discuss that next right here on Pro Football Talk Live. And we're back. 
getting geared up for a Chiefs Niners showdown this Sunday. We're breaking it down, then putting it all back together. Now, back to Pro Football Talk Live. Here's Mike Florio. I can say I gave it everything I had. I mean, every week, you know. So, you know, and and maybe it means an interception on fourth and 18 when you're down 10. Because I don't care uh, that it's going to say two interceptions. You know, I really don't. It's just like I ain't quitting. So I think that, I think think that, that um, doing it with so many guys over, you know, 14 years and and going to the locker room, win or lose, and I can say, that gummit, we're short, we fell fell short, but, or we won, you know, uh, but shoot, I I couldn't try it any harder. So I think two different kind of elements there, but uh, I think that's the two things that come to my mind. Ralph Hand. I guess. Philip Rivers with his final postgame press conference. That was strong. Chargers. How great was which that? Likely yeah. will be How his final postgame that? press conference with the Chargers. Jay Glazer was on Colin Coward show yesterday, and Glazer texted me last night because it took on a life of its own. Glazer said that the Chargers have moved on from Philip Rivers, so that became Glazer is reporting the Chargers have moved on from Philip Rivers, and Glazer says I, I never reported that, but they've moved on from Char- from Philip Rivers. I mean, the bottom yeah. line is he's moved he out moved of out. California. I mean, right? They're not bringing the guy back. They're not. His cap number would be over $27 million if they franchise tag him. He was not very good last year. He had 23 turnovers against 23 touchdowns. He's not the guy that he was. It's time for the Chargers to move on for a variety of reasons, Peter. Football and business reasons. They need somebody that's going to sell tickets and PSLs and, and help the Chargers become a team that L.A. gives a crap about. So I think it's a mutual it's a true mutual parting. We hear all the time there's a mutual parting. This is a true mutual parting. He doesn't want to stay, and they don't want him to stay, and now he moves forward to wherever he ends up. Somebody in the L.A. market said to me when I said, hey, look, it would be great if the Chargers could have Tom Brady on a billboard uh, on the 405 in, L- you know, in Orange County. You know, to, Hey, buy your tickets, 1-800-CHARGERS, and have a picture of Tom Brady. That would be great. Right. And this person said, well – my point is, I think if they had a billboard of Teddy Bridgewater right now, that would sell more tickets than if they had a billboard of Philip Rivers. Mm. Nothing against Rivers, but it's only that they want something new. Yeah, We've seen Philip Rivers. Yeah. You know, we saw what happened last year, and he's an older quarterback, so it's time to go. It's time to move on. And so that's really where I think the Chargers would have to be. Mike, here's the two interesting points about the next quarterback uh, of this team. Number one, if it is Tom Brady, you know, they've got a lot of free agents who they have to be worried about. So who are they going to spend their money on, first of all? And second of all, if they're not selling a lot of tickets at this stadium and they have the franchise relocation, they have all this other stuff to worry about, you tell me. I mean, where's all this money going to come from if they're not selling a lot of luxury seating in this new stadium? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean the Chargers. We we talked about this a lot. The Chargers, they, they need some sort of fresh look, you know, star power, whatever it may be. They need Cam Newton. Yeah, I tell you, right. The, I hear that. The, the that Cam makes a lot of sense. I think that's a great candidate that. for that. That, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. You know, with with Philip Rivers, hey, yeah, it's over with the Chargers. It's okay. It was a great run. It's phenomenal. You know, it really is. I got so much respect for him. I mean, Peter and I were sitting here yeah. talking as we were just watching the clip, going, "Man, I really like that guy." And you talk about the consecutive start streets. I mean, streak. It's it's that's an. an 
impressive accomplishment. To me, it's way more impressive than what Eli Manning's was because Phillip like really hung in the pocket all day long and would get lambasted and then still would just get up. The big thing is, is like, what is the next move, guys? Where, where, what are the teams? I mean, okay, I mean, Jacksonville, Bucks, Miami. I mean, I'm just throwing teams out there. You, you know, I think he's in the same spot Eli Manning was in, and Eli Manning was sufficiently self-aware to realize no one's going to offer me 25 million a year. No one's going to say you're the guy no matter what, and we're not going to draft somebody in round one, I think that's what you run the risk of doing if yeah. you're Phillip Rivers and you do a 20 million, I don't think he cares, though, to, almost. I just, I, get but I, just, I just don't know. I mean, look, Would if I'm the Buccaneers... be a backup of Jameis Winston and just go, you know what, he's, he's going to screw it up and I'm going to take gonna, over at one point? Uh, or maybe Bruce Arians is going to call him and say, let's just, I'll let you duel it out with Jameis in training camp and the best man wins? I don't think you can pay I'm, both guys. I don't think, you, I don't think you're going to keep yeah, Winston if you're bringing in Phillip Rivers. No, it's way too much money. That's 55 million bucks on the cap for for quarterbacks. But I, I would make this one point. Somebody said to me this weekend after the performance of Justin Herbert at the Senior Bowl, you know, for those who don't know, Justin Herbert, the quarterback from Oregon, had a great Senior Bowl week. He was voted the best player Incredibly there talented. and all that. Incredible. And, yeah, and most people were thinking, okay, two quarterbacks in the top five. Okay, but now what happens if Washington, instead of automatically taking Chase Young, what happens if Washington says, We'll take three ones for this pick or, or three ones in something. Somebody moves up maybe to number two to get either Tua or Herbert, and then somebody moves up to get the other guy. All of a sudden, everybody who becomes a quarterback candidate, let's say the Carolina Panthers, let go of, of Cam Newton, mm-hmm. and then they're in the quarterback market. They got to move up for one of these guys. And so everything we're saying about Phillip Rivers, yes, I get it, I understand, but let's say you take Justin Herbert and you say, hey, listen, we'll go get a Josh McCown for one year to sort of help him get ready, and Josh McCown maybe can play for a while. But all I'm saying is I think everything in the quarterback market is bizarre, unanswered, and unanswerable until we find out what happens early in free agency. And that's why the Brady story in New England is going to be a wrench in the works to this. It's the first domino. It's the first domino. We have to know if Tom Brady's staying because if he's not, that is a huge domino. Phillip Rivers is out there. And Peter, you know, something occurred to me as you're explaining that there's an opportunity for a Phillip Rivers post-draft. He can just sit back and yes. wait and see. Yeah. That there's yes. going to be somebody. The somebody's, there's going to be one musical chair left. Yeah. yeah, And maybe it's Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. I could see him saying, I'll take Rivers for a year, and then let's draft somebody and we'll see what happens. We'll take Jordan Love, you know, in the second round. He wasn't as good at that. And who, I have no idea where any of these guys are going. Right. But all I'm saying is that right now, this is the most unsettled quarterback market and situation I can remember, around remember. the NFL right. that I ever remember. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, we have the, you're right. I mean, you, you get, and then you got to take into fact like there's the Teddy Bridgewaters and the right. Andy Daltons that are going to be out And what happens, what happens, right. as someone said to me, with a, with a prominent quarterback, a general manager said to me, what would you think if we made an offer for Taysom Hill? Right. You know, what would you think? It, how much of an offer? What's too rich for the Saints blood to match? Right. I said, I don't know. I said, I don't have any idea what the Saints really think of them. But I do think, I honestly think that Sean Payton has it in his mind. I'm really going to give this guy a shot. Yeah. Oh, I he does. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. We've that all, yeah. that we've all heard that, these that things. Blazer so. definitely reported yesterday. Yeah. They yeah. envision him to be a franchise quarterback. Yeah. They've already compared him to Steve Young. And this is part of the delicate dance that they're doing with the Saints. 
They'd like to keep Drew Brees around, but I think they're going to make Drew Brees an offer that he may not want to accept right, from a financial right. standpoint, from a role standpoint. Yeah. We want and what happens if Drew Brees, right. as has been widely rumored, has a great television offer, not for nearly the money, but he says, you know, I've kind of accomplished what I can accomplish here. I'm going to go do X on TV. Well, the you fact know. that he's thinking about it, yes. to me, is a little it's bit very of an alarm. I mean, yeah. you don't hear Tom Brady going, I'm thinking about retirement. Right. I'm playing. He made the comment. Yeah. So I think that is very odd that that conversation is going in breeze. That tells me there's a little crack in the armor a little bit to oh, go, Okay, Ooh, All right. I'm not sure if I really can do this or can do it to the level I want to anymore. All right, so we got to talk about Brady for a second yeah. because, in my opinion, when Adam Schefter reported the Patriots want to know before free agency, they want Tom Brady's decision. Tom Brady, for 20 years, has never had the ability to be free. And to go out and say, hey, let's see what's out on the market out there. And now the Patriots are saying, okay, we're going to give you your freedom. And by the way, if you don't decide by the first day of free agency, see you later. We're going on to somebody else. But, but, what, won't he know, but he'll know by then. They're going to know. They're going to know at the scouting combine who wants him and who doesn't, right? Yeah, but but does that mean that You just someone, don't like them drawing the hard line to a guy like Tom Brady. I don't understand said. why, yeah. if you gave him the ability to be a free agent— if you said you can be a free agent, oh, by the way, you can be a free agent, but if you don't decide by the first day of free agency, see you later. Well, I, here's I, the problem. But here's yeah, the problem. Yeah. They're going to be stuck without a quarterback if they wait around for Tom Brady to make up his mind because then what if you Teddy say Bridgewater's to Te- gone. All you have and- to say to Teddy Bridgewater is that, who I'm sure would love to play for Belichick, love to play with Josh McDaniels, all you have to do is say to Bridgewater, Give us till the third day of free agency. Why does Teddy Bridgewater have to decide because right away? Because there may be another team that says, Maybe. we want you right now. This happens all the time. When they get into that 48-hour window where you're allowed to negotiate with guys, I'm telling you, teams call agents and they say, here's the offer. We need to know right now. And if you don't tell me right now, we're moving on to the next guy. That's okay, the call their bluff frenzy. then. I'd, well, I'd call their bluff. And then, well, I, and then you may end up, then you may end up backing up Jameis Winston in Tampa. That's well, the problem. Well, I Maybe. mean, I mean, one, um, you know how New England works. This yeah. is the way they work. They don't care if it's Brady or what. That's, that's not how Robert Kraft works. Well, I that's guess how it. Bill Belichick. I, you're works. right. It's the way Bill Belichick yeah. works. You're yeah. right. And but I, think, I think that we'll know. Tom Brady will know before that deadline. I would think so. They'll know probably what they're going to do. He'll know what he's going to do. But that's the first domino. The I mean, quarterback really, situation it. is This is a crazy offseason, and people yeah. haven't gotten their arms around the idea that Tom Brady may indeed leave the Patriots. I think once people understand that, the entire Why level of will not people realize that that might happen? They, they, Why? Nobody can picture it. It's Brady, it. New England. Right they- Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie, and fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.